Sunday morning discussion on Weekend View. All right, let's jump straight into this uh, conversation and uh, who um, the, our guests for this particular one. We are joined by Janet uh, Witten, who is SAFM Sports Anchor. We're also joined on the line by the sports editor at the Daily Sun, Matthews Mpete, who's joining us once again. Janet, let's start with you. Good morning and welcome to The Weekend View. What a fantastic way to uh, wrap up the weekend there as champions. What do you make of Banana's overall performance last night? And then in a moment, we'll speak about their performance throughout the tournament. Yeah, what a good morning it is to wake up this morning, isn't it? Um, I, I thought their performance last night was fantastic, actually. In the context of the whole tournament, I think they really got it together. Um, and I think a lot of credit must go to Desiree Ellis for, for getting them to play the kind of game that they were playing. As she said after after the match, um, it's on the players to actually carry out the, the game plan. But I think they did that very well. They, they, they were very controlled. They held them back. Um, we kind of half expected the goals to come from some kind of counter-attack because that's the way that South Africa are playing. And playing down those channels the way that she instructed them to do, that's more or less exactly what it, what what happened. I mean, Hilda Machai scored both goals, but they both came from fantastic through balls, um, one from, from a long way back and then one that was that, that came back from Jermaine Siopasenwa. Um, I, thought, I thought they were really good. Yes, a little bit of a lapse when they allowed a goal to come back, but to play that last 10 minutes and then such a lot of extra time um, under that kind mm. of pressure, I thought they were amazing. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. There, and I suppose with that second goal as well, a bit of a bit of an error from uh, from the Moroccans on that front. Um, you could almost hear a pin drop in that stadium once uh, we, they, of <laughs> course, went uh, two goals down. Jeepers, I mean, maybe let's let's speak about this now, Janet. Before going to Matthews, the. You know, the level of sportsmanship that we have come to accept, whether you're talking um, about the, you know, the Champions League when, you know, our, our teams or teams from elsewhere in the continent play in North Africa, the lasers, the smoke in the stadium, just really what, what is often a hostile environment that uh, North African teams don't really experience when they go elsewhere on the continent. Perhaps it plays out, it plays out differently. You saw the stadium also empty out very quickly as well, where it was a fraction of the, of the fans who were in the stadium who were there to witness the trophy ceremony. I mean, that's, that's not the sort of thing you want to see at this level of competition. You know, you know, it isn't, but I think the South African teams were expecting that. We've played in, um, we've lost two finals before, both against, well, we've lost three before this, but two of them were both against Equatorial Guinea in Equatorial Guinea, and it was a similar situation. Not Maybe not quite as dramatic as last night, but um, but in, in, in this, this this kind of hostile environment, which we, which we didn't handle before. Um, but yes, I mean, it was extreme last night, wasn't it? That crowd was very loud, it was very noisy, it was very smoky for much of yeah. the game. There were all sorts of flares and everything being being um, being thro thrown out in the stadium. But I thought the South Africans handled it really, really well. The players actually coped with it. Um, and I don't think that lack of sportsmanship translated onto the field. The mm. Moroccan players weren't weren't antagonistic. There was a lot of there was a lot of um, goodwill between the actual players on the field. Yeah. Um, it was the crowd that was very difficult to handle. And I think that the South African team, uh, Banyana Banyana players, had obviously been prepared for that. 
because they knew that we were going to have, you know, thousands and thousands of Moroccan, very loud Moroccan supporters. And I think there were kind of 60 to 100 South Africans in that stadium um, who'd managed to get up to Rabat for that game. Um, so, so I thought they handled it very well um, because it wasn't unexpected. We knew that was going to happen. Yes, I mean, it is something that happens in North Africa, and it's one of those things that you just have to learn to deal with. There mm -hmm. are other places. If you go to Eastern Europe um, and play against Eastern European teams, mm -hmm. um, a lot of the men's teams in the Champions League have experienced the same thing. It's a very antagonistic environment to, to play in, and if mm -hmm. you can handle that, you're kind of almost halfway there. Absolutely. Let's bring in Matthews and Pitti, sports editor of uh, the Daily Sun. Good morning to you, Matthews. Your overall uh, reactions uh, from, from our performance last night. Talk about big match yeah. temperament, perhaps not from all of the players, but certainly some of uh, the, the, the leaders in the team. Once they stepped up, you could see how it filtered through the rest of the team in that second half in particular. Good morning, and uh, also let me take this moment to uh, congratulate Banyana Banyana and uh, Desiree Ellis. Look, it was uh, one game that uh, Banyana Banyana had to uh, make sure that they win, and uh, you could see, I mean, uh, from uh, when the game started, you know, in the first half that our team was a bit uh, struggling. You could see that uh, Refine Jan as well as Alibna Mashalo were make sure that they were closed off. But now, mm. after in the second half, you know, the tactical changes that were made by uh, Desiree Ellis, you know, um, that's the one, you know, that have won us uh, the game. Because if you look at uh, the way they played, I mean, uh, both the goals, you know, they were coming from Linda Machalo, you know, directly to uh, Hilda Machaila. And this tells you something that Desiree Ellis, during the, uh, the second half or during the break, she told them that these are our target people because they were more focused now on the right-hand side um, of which uh, that's where the Moroccans, you know, used that side to penetrate our uh, danger box. But now um, she changed the things, you know, they went to the left, and that's when they started to uh, make sure that at least, you know, the balls are going through to, uh, you know, their danger area. But mm -hmm. in general, Banyala Banyala have gone through a lot. I mean, I must say, because I've got the reporters down there, and, uh, you know, you'd be surprised, you know, some of the things. Remember what I told you yesterday about the training sessions that just be stepped by uh, the ground screen who just opened up, you know, the uh, sprinklers on them. But going forward, I think uh, Banyana Banyana has done extremely well, and uh, now they've joined the uh, they've joined Nigeria as well as Equatorial Guinea, you know, because these are the only teams in Africa that have won the Women's Cup of Nations. Matthews, let me come back uh, to you as well, just about. Uh you know, we always compare how the men are remunerated versus how women are, are remunerated. Um, you know, the, these are these are all professionals. I know with the women as well, issues with with the with the professional league, but that's coming back now. And and on course, we've been talking about this four hundred thousand rands bonus that each of the players would would be getting. For the players, of course, this this is a big deal. But when you also just compare how some of uh, the top male players in 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 the country, how much they they've earned quite a bit. I mean, it's it's a drop in the in the ocean here. Or should we just be saying, well, it's a start, and we can only hope the better they they become, that uh, they'll they'll also feel the benefits of that in their pockets. Now, look, I mean, currently, uh, all uh, South Africans we are calling ourselves or referring to ourselves as champions. You know, when we greet each other, we have to say champions morning or champion morning. But now, this tells you that uh, whatever Bafana Bafana can do, then uh, the very same can be done uh, by Banyana Banyana now. So I think uh, they deserve, um, you know, better. But now, this thing, you have to start with uh, at club level first because... 
Currently, South Africa, we don't have enough clubs, you know, because I see teams are starting their own teams, Royal, ba- Royal AM, you know, Sundowns, they've got one. So they are just uh, growing. So I think, you know, with time, I think that the money would be increased. But I'll tell you something. I think after this one, then SAFA will have to reconsider and make sure that, uh, you know, they increase the, re- the, the bonus remuneration of uh, Banyana Banyana. Because now, remember, they're going to the World Cup. It won't be easy at the World Cup, but I'm sure that uh, SAFA now, will have to, uh, you know, dig deeper into their pockets just to make sure that uh, they remunerate these uh, 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 women professionals. Because I can tell you now, you know, uh, women football is the prime focus now. Everybody now wants to grow women football. You look at Europe, you look in the USA, mm. the same approach, um, the same uh, respect is given to women's football, and they don't disappoint. I mean, look at Banyana Banyana, the way they played yesterday. I mean, had it been uh, another team, then I think they could have broke down, especially in the first half, whereby the home team um, were, were, were sort of, uh, you know, in control of the game, and uh, the crowds were making them just unsettled. But uh, they managed to hold their own, and uh, that's what they made. Mm-hmm. Janet, let, let's talk a bit about uh, what, what, what Desiree Ellis has, has done here, um, how, how the team has developed over time, and, and perhaps reflect on the impact of the overseas-based players who, um, as, as we heard the, the, the match day captain, Rafilo Jane, in, in some of her comments uh, post-match, um, you know, saying that uh, you know, some of them have played in front of big crowds, so they weren't overwhelmed at all by, by the, the magnitude, really, of the stage of that game. She's been very smart in, in, in some of the preparation games that have happened over the years. Um, she actually mentioned, I think, in her post-match interview that they they played against Brazil at home. Um, and I think that match was, was played in the Maracana Stadium, if, I'm, if, if, if I recall. I might, be, um, I might be wrong. But, they've, but she's been very careful in, you know, some of, the, some of the matches and some of the friendly matches they've played have all had a purpose. Um, and it's all about preparing them for this kind, this kind of game, these kind of games that are actually are, are so important. Because um, at the end of the line, women's football is still um, in, the, in its development phase um, mm. internationally. You know, we have the, the Women's Africa Cup of Nations taking place at the moment at the same time as, the, um, as the, the Women's European Championship is taking place. That's happening right now as well in front of very big crowds, by the way. So certainly the crowds are coming into, into women's football internationally. And I hope that that translates into, into financial support from sponsors because it's only once that happens that you're going to see remuneration happen for the players that you've just been talking about. But I think that getting back to the subject with Desiree Ellis, you know, she's, she's, she's very smart as a coach broadly, not just in terms of her tactics on the field. I think that we need to give her credit for what she does with the players. She has very little time for them in the great, with them in the greater scheme of things. Um, and, and a lot of them are very inexperienced because, as we said, only a couple of our players play internationally. You've got Tendi Katlana, mm-hmm. who unfortunately we lost, um, early on in the tournament, Jermaine Siopasenwe, who has some international experience, um, Janine Van Vake, who's, who's at the end of her career, but she's obviously had some international experience. Mm-hmm. She didn't play all that much during this tournament. Um, but the, the rest of them don't have a lot of experience. We have our, our, our professional league starting again now, and hopefully um, that turns into something substantial. Um, but but she's got a core group of players that she has to work with herself. They don't come... You know, you look at the rugby players. The rugby players for, for, for Jacques Ninaba come in kind of 
sorted already. He can spend a couple of days and, 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 and work with them, and they get used to working with each other. But that's all he has to do, really. I think that Desiree Ellis has a lot more to do than that, um, and she's done an extraordinary job. Mm-hmm. And imagine selection also wasn't wasn't easy. And Matthews, I'll come to you in, in just a moment. But but Janet, just quickly on on selection, a number of players, of course, not not getting an opportunity as as would be expected in 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 tournaments. But not everybody will will get um a, an opportunity. Do you think she she used um the the skills that she had at at her disposal wisely throughout the tournament? You know, trying to manage uh um, manage the legs, so to speak, so that by the time you get to the to, to the sixth game if you get there um you still have fresh legs and 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 the players are able to perform at their best you know she she does rely on a core group of players um which is why i think there was quite a lot of concern when tembi katlana got injured um because there is a core group of very experienced players um that kind of everything else is built around and she chops and changes around that group of players but that group of players did um did actually perform and and the team performed without Tendi. um i think it's Jermaine Sierpasenwe and Hilda Makaya in particular um it kind of came together but even behind them you know they 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 take the glory because they scored the goals um so everybody notices them um mm. i think andy andy Lamini had a great uh, had a great tournament um she's she's you know there was no need to to, to change her around there were two other goalkeepers there um but i think that i think that that's the smart way of doing it in a tournament like this is to have a core group of players who provide the stability who have the experience and then to change things around. And, and, and a lot of the times she did change things around quite well. Nicola Stefani, I thought, was, wasn't too bad. And Nelson McClure played last night. She was okay. Um, and they haven't, they haven't played all of those games. So I think, I, I think she's been quite smart in her selections, actually. Mm. To your SMSs now on our talking point today as we reflect on Banyana Banyana's stellar performance without losing not even one game in the Women's African Cup of Nations tournament out in Morocco. Stay in KZN says, Seba Banyana Banyana has made this nation so proud. I saw this coming when they were never intimidated by Nigeria. Bafana Bafana must now wake up. That's an SMS there uh, from Stair. Thank you very much uh, for that. And I am still in conversation with uh, SAFM Sports anchor Janet Witten and Daily Sun Sports editor Matthews Mpete, who are my guests this morning for our Sunday discussion. M- Matthews, going forward now with the World Cup just around the corner, what what sort of what sort of changes and, and, and challenges do you expect Desiree Ellis and the team might be facing to make sure that we have we have the right team right to compete um, on that stage? We've got players uh, such as such as uh, uh, Janine, who at the end of their careers, as J- Janet mentioned, Noko Matlo, thirty six year old, it's incredible that she's she's been able to perform at that level for this long. But can she go on for much longer? And are there players in place to fill those those much much important uh, uh, positions there of, of of the of central defenders? Look, there are a lot of uh, players um, across the uh, you know the Vanyana Vanyana team whereby they could be easily replaced. But um, I think for now it's a matter of uh, you know um, how Desiree uh, Ellis operates. I think what she's doing now she's just trying to you know um, push in the youngsters you know gradually. So that's why at some stages you can see Jilin Van Veek you know being. Put Aside, but now somebody else would be put forward. So what's happening now is that going forward for the World Cup, I think Banyana Banyana, what they need to do, or Desiree Ellis herself, she needs a, a mixture of uh, you know experience and uh, 
I mean, talking about the experience that we are talking about, your Julian van Veek, your Nukumatu, like as we were saying, and uh, the other ones, you know, they have to be part of the team. This is the core of the team. This is the core of the team that's going to be going to the World Cup because the minute you start uh, changing, um, you know, the team because uh, they are going to the World Cup now, then that's where it's going to be a problem. But also remember that Desiree Ellis, you know, she's been in this uh, 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 business for, 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 for far too long. I mean, uh, she, she she knows, you know, the environment at the World Cup, how it would be. I mean, they've been there before, and unfortunately, they tripped um, many times. So now they should be having a proper plan. Look, we, we, we just want Banyana Banyana to go to the World Cup and maybe, you know, um, uh, be knocked out uh, during the knockouts, not at the group stages like mm-hmm. it normally happens. Um, so the, the talent is there, I mean, uh, for her to choose. But we need experience, and, uh, you know, experience will have to be the team. Uh, absolutely there. Then let's talk a bit about, I suppose, uh, women's uh, football um, overall. I think we, we'd all agree that it was a great showcase, really, the tournament in its entirety, a great showcase for, for women's football. Lots of, lots of some, uh, a, a few controversial points, if you will, officiating uh, for us, of course, was a big talking point, particularly in uh, that uh, semi-final uh, match against Zambia and that mm. uh, very questionable penalty. How was the officiating last night. I think, if, if anything, some may argue that uh, the the ref may have, in fact, been the 13th player against us with a number of calls not, not going our way. But I think overall, the match was, was well handled. Well, I agree, because uh, judging from, uh, well, I would say yesterday, you know, or last night, the referee, I think, she was a bit fair, because uh, I was uh, looking at a lot of other uh, decisions that were made. I think even um, the Moroccans at some stage, you know, they uh, you know, they got the wrong end of the stick, because there was somewhere where they were supposed to have had a free kick just next to the box, mm. but uh, she ruled it out, So, and I think that's where she got it wrong as well. So, we benefited, they benefited, that's how it works yeah. in football, but now, okay. as for the other one of the penalty, I think uh, that's where, you know, um, our ref got it wrong. So I must say, I mean, women football in South Africa is gradually growing, you know, like I said, and CAF, I applaud CAF for coming up with a rule that uh, all the teams that will be participating in uh, CAF club competitions, then they're going to have to have uh, uh, women teams. If they don't have women teams, then they won't be participating, and uh, CAF, I mean, is not breaking down on this one. Mm -hmm. Remember when they said all the coaches who are participating in African competitions, they must have CAF a licenses, and it's happening now that all those co- uh, coaches who don't have the license will not be participating. So now, next year, teams that they don't have uh, women football uh, clubs or teams, then they won't be participating in CAF uh, uh, competitions. So now, this would make sure that, uh, you know, across the continent, that women football will be growing. Next month, it's women's month. Then I would encourage, you know, whoever um, uh, is doing development, you know, to come up with uh, some uh, women football tournament. So let's celebrate, you know, banana, banana. Let's take it to another level. Let's grow this thing in the country. Football now, we've got hundreds and hundreds of uh, uh, women football players, you know, most of which they want to be signed by different clubs. But unfortunately, they are not getting opportunities. So now, this is the time now when everybody's talking about banana, banana and women football. Then that's when we need to take advantage and also, you know, uh, push them in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and and Janet, last one for you. Just going forward, what 
what in your view should Safa look to do? I mean, we speak about the state of football in the country broadly, uh, that if there is insufficient development in, 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 uh, or investment in development, then we're not going to see um, the results at, at the highest level. It's a, it's a problem, of course, both for women's and men's football, big clubs uh, such as your, your Kaiser Chiefs, your Orlando Pirates need to, need, need to step up on that front, get women's teams to, to up the game. But perhaps just some, some key, key steps really that need to take place over the next couple of years for us to truly transform South African football? I think Matthews is absolutely right. Um, the, 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 the coaching is really important and to actually get um, to get a real <coughs> to get a real focus on, 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 on the level of coaching across all of the teams is going to be very important. But I think South's priority has to be the Women's Professional Football League. Um, they have to make sure that that is, is that not it doesn't just take place to tick a box, and that's what worries me. That sometimes mm. it gets put together so they can tick a tick a box and make sure that you know that they can get what they can get from CAF um, and show that they have a professional league. A real focus needs to happen to make that professional league pro- properly professional and to try and get sponsors in and make sure that that develops so that South African players, the best South African players don't have to go to Atletico Madrid or to play somewhere in the US or to AC Milan. They can actually play here and get that level of experience. But I think we do need to put this into a context. We've been talking about the World Cup and the expectations of the World Cup and suddenly they shoot up and we think we can do really well at the World Cup. The bottom line is that going into this tournament, South Africa are still ranked 57 in the world. We're up against it at the World Cup. If we do get to the group stages, it'll be an extraordinary achievement. Um, you know, people mustn't suddenly mm. expect us to be able to win the World Cup because we are a huge step behind. The the women's teams in um, in Europe and in England in particular have a massive amount of money put behind them, um, and they all play professional, <clears throat> proper professional. Football. It's going to be very difficult for us at the World Cup, and we must just put that into a context. Yeah. Have expectations and have support, and do what we can for them. But do temper your expectations because we're still we're still a long way behind the best in the world. Indeed. Let me thank you both, Matthews and Peter, sports editor at the Daily Sun, and Janet Witten, SAFM sports anchor. Let's quickly squeeze in a voice note before we wrap. Good morning, Sebe. Congratulations to our team. We are so proud. We are so proud of these queens. Um, however, I do want to say that um, I wish they were taken more seriously, um, even in terms of their monetary incentives. Um, I feel like more can be done. Thanks. Good morning, Sebe. Congratulations to the entire management and playing body of Bayana Bayana for making the country and Africa proud by winning the 2022 WAFCON. This clearly shows that if you educate a man, you educate a single individual, but if you educate a woman, you educate an entire nation. The win that they did yesterday is a clear sign that we need to invest in more women's sports in the country. The president should just uh, give us a single holiday so we can celebrate these beautiful women making the country proud. It's Bramoro in Bloemfontein. Yeah. Bramoro says a public holiday, a public holiday in honor of Banyana Banyana. That doesn't sound like a bad idea at all.